So listen, I am so excited about our Hidden in Plain Sight series. Uh, it is coming to a conclusion today, but I pray that you have been blessed so far. We've been talking about the ways in which God uncovers hidden things in our lives that are meant to bless us or break us. And we've been talking around timing. We've been talking around who it is that God uses to reveal these things. And I'm excited today because we're going to be talking about some deep things. So I want you to grab your scuba gear. I want you, I'm going to be going through a lot of scriptures. Uh, I believe as I've been sharing with you in this season that God is calling us to be like the Bereans of Acts 17, to be to the place where you don't just take my word for it, but you take his word for it. Come on, where we're actually being intentional about studying and unpacking, especially in this season. You ought to leave this season that we are in right now deeper in God's word and in a greater understanding than you had of his word before you went into this season. So let's take a moment and pray and then we'll dive right in. God, I'm so thankful for this opportunity that you have given me to be able to declare your word. Thank you so much, God, for those who are listening, those who are watching even now. Lord God, I pray that your power would go through this camera and that you would open hearts, that you would open ears, that you would open minds so much so that they would hear that which it is that you would have for them to hear and God while you are blessing us here at Surf City God I remember all of our friends and church family around the greater Toronto area and not only those here in the GTA the nation of Canada and even around the nations of the world wherever your gospel is being preached right now and declared Lord God I pray that you would cause a harvest to come forth and that cause lives to be changed and we thank you and give you praise in Jesus mighty and precious name let everybody say amen 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 come on if you will I'm gonna jump right in I want us to look at Acts chapter 10 what book did I say we're going to Acts chapter 10 and we're gonna start from the first verse Acts chapter 10 verse 1 and onward go ahead in the comments put Acts chapter 10 Acts chapter 10 here we go uh, I'm gonna dive right in at Caesarea there was a man named Cornelius and a, a centurion of what was known as the Italian cohort a devout man who feared God with all his household, gave alms generously to people and prayed continually to God. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God come in and say to him, Cornelius. And he stared at him in terror and said, what is it, Lord? And he said to him, your prayers and your arms have ascended as a memorial before God. And now send men to Joppa and bring one Simon who is called Peter. He is lodging, this is so powerful, with one Simon, a tanner, whose house is by the sea. When the angels who spoke to him had departed, he called two of his servants and a devout soldier from among those who attended him. And having related everything to them, he sent them to Joppa. This stuff could just preach by itself. I'm telling you, there's some powerful, powerful stuff here in this passage. I love it. And then verse six, verse 9 says, The next day, as they were on a journey and approaching the city, Peter went on the housetop about the sixth hour to pray. And he became hungry and wanted something to eat. 
But while they were preparing it, he fell into a trance and saw the heavens open and something like a great sheet descending, being let down by its four corners upon the earth. In it were all kinds of animals. Everybody say all kinds of animals and reptiles and birds of the air. And there came a voice to him, rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, by no means, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. And the voice came to him again a second time. What God has made clean, do not call common. And listen, there is something powerful in that little pericope right there, that space of uh, the passage. But I don't have the time to jump in today. Uh, secondary implications. This happened three times. And the thing was taken up at once. Everybody say at once into heaven. Now watch this. Verse 17. Now while Peter was inwardly perplexed. As to what the vision that he had seen might mean, behold, the men who were sent by Cornelius, having made inquiry of Simon's house, stood at the gate, verse 18, and called out to ask whether Simon, who was called Peter, was lodging there. And while Peter was pondering the vision, the spirit said to him, behold, three men are looking for you. So an angel talks to Cornelius through a vision Cornelius sends men and then God is now giving Peter a vision while he is on a house in prayer and this is nuts and then the Holy Spirit tells Peter that these men are getting ready to come this is some powerful supernatural stuff and then look in verse 20 rise and go down and accompany them without hesitation for I have sent them and Peter went down to the men and said I am the one you're looking for what is the reason for your coming and they said Cornelius a centurion an upright and God-fearing man who is well spoken of by the whole Jewish nation was directed by a holy angel to send for you to come to his house to hear what you have to say so he invited them in to be his guest so the the summary is Peter ends up going to meet with Cornelius because I don't have the time to read the entire passage God is telling Peter, who is a Jew, to go to this Gentile's house. Somebody in a Gentile is someone who, again, is not a Jew. And the fact is, up to this time, the disciples and believers who were Jewish only thought that salvation was coming to Jewish people. So for God to indicate to him to go to someone who is a Gentile's house and preach and declare the gospel, this is something that is out of the ordinary. So Peter ends up going and he declares the gospel to Cornelius' house after all of these sequence of super natural events and then we find that in verse 44 while Peter was still saying these things the Holy Spirit fell on all who heard the word and watch this and the believers from among the circumcised meaning Jews who had come with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out even on the Gentiles for they were hearing them speaking in tongues and extolling or giving glory to God then Peter declared can any Anyone withhold water for baptizing these people who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have and he commanded them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ then they asked them then they asked him to remain for some days how powerful is this 
This is nuts. Peter is chilling and Cornelius is chilling. They're both in separate places. God uses angels, visions, the Holy Spirit speaks. It's powerful to both of them in separate places to be able to connect them. Watch this for a gospel explosion, for a transformative experience. So much so that was so powerful and impactful that it had to be recorded here in the text. Listen, I want to talk about today about the supernatural in the way that God uses the supernatural to uncover things that are unseen. In talking about this story, it reminds me about my own experiences that I've had. By, by God's grace, I've been able to experience all sorts of supernatural things, whether it be healing or prophesying and seeing things happening, laying hands on the sick and seeing them recover, just, just as the Bible has declared and Jesus declared would be signs that would accompany those of us who are believers you know but one of the things that has been really interesting has been dreams and visions is there anybody who has had any sort of notable dreams some of you you don't dream at all and then suddenly out of nowhere you'll just get a dream or it might be recurring dreams and you know or visions and things of this nature and I've been able to experience a number of these things some of us we write these things off and we just kind of say okay maybe that was just something I ate the night before sometimes it is the Taco Bell that you eight but nonetheless a lot of times God is attempting to communicate so I'll never forget a number of years ago uh, when I lived in California it was absolutely insane a friend of mine I was I, I who I hadn't seen in a long time I used to live with he and his uh, family you know before I got married and all of that and I, and I was there and I was in my bed and it was nuts as I went to sleep and I was just suddenly fell into dreaming and into deep uh, a deep dream and suddenly I saw my friend's dad and my friend's dad as it were was standing was uh was sitting on a bed and as he was sitting on a bed i saw as if a hand came and it gripped his heart and he had a heart attack but in that moment it was like and as i'm seeing this it was just so real it was nuts uh, but then after that i saw a space of time and he was rushed to the hospital and as he went to the hospital they were able to revive him they were able to take care of him and he was able to live out of that but the crazy thing a detail and a note in that is that while I was there and I was seeing this happening uh, there was I was eating some McDonald's french fries in my dream and the thing is that the McDonald's french fries they they suddenly made me so sick in my stomach right and you know and it was nuts because it was so when I woke up out of the dream that it was so real and so vivid that I could not even think about McDonald's french fries without getting to the place where I felt like I was throwing gonna throw up for months after I could not even go near McDonald's french fries because even the smell of it made me sick and so it was almost as if it was something that was in this dream to remind me and to let me know that what you're seeing is a real thing and so it's nuts because I wake up and I jump up out of this dream and I'm just like man what on earth is this and I start praying and I'm interceding and I'm going forth and I'm you know declaring over my friend and his dad because I'm in a position like is this something I don't know if it was something that was going to happen or something that happened or whatever the case may be lo and behold shortly thereafter my friend who I haven't talked to in eons I end up reaching out to him and he tells me hey man uh, I just want to let you know uh, that you know things are not okay because my dad just had a heart attack 
this is the very next day when I wake up and I pray and then he goes my dad has a heart attack but they were able to revive him they're able to revive him he is going to be uh, okay and he's gonna make some changes and whatever and I'm just like oh my good am I the only person that's ever been in that position where you have seen a dream or seen something and then it's happened and you're like oh my what on earth is this I want to talk to somebody especially who might think that you are weird think that you are off your rocker the fact of the matter is that God throughout scripture even in the case that we just saw right there God oftentimes will communicate reveal things reveal hidden things come on somebody and he'll do so by supernatural natural means everybody say supernatural 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 meaning outside of the natural God will oftentimes give us revelation or uncover things to give us insight it's imperative for us to be able to know this because how many of you know that there is more to this world than meets the eye there is more to us there is more to this world there is an unseen realm there is a spirit realm there is a dimension that flesh and blood is incapable of being able to comprehend naturally there are things that are happening there's war going on right now even around you that you cannot see there are angels and there are demons that are fighting and there's stuff that's happening on there is a spiritual warfare a realm, a spiritual realm that is around us that you and I cannot see. In fact, in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 and onward says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may able to be st to stand against the schemes, or some translations say the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers against authorities against cosmic powers over the present darkness against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places and this is why he goes on and says take up therefore the whole armor of God there is a spiritual war that is going on there is stuff that's happening spiritually that you and I cannot see and the fact is that God uses supernatural means to uncover a lot of things that are hidden in plain sight stuff that's happening around us if you could see right now the devils that wish that they could rip you and your family apart there are even things right now for some things right now for some of you who are watching that are falling apart in areas of your life and you think that it is certain people in your life who are to blame but there are spiritual forces of wickedness that are often behind the things that are causing us the greatest distress can I just talk about it today we're talking about the unseen realm we're talking about the spiritual realm spiritual wickedness in highest places spiritual forces that are at work God is spirit the Bible makes this clear in John chapter 4 verse 24 the only reason that we are able to see any part of God is because Jesus who also was spirit known as the word prior to coming into the earth became flesh and dwelt among us and so this is the only reason why we're able to see any part of God because God the Father is spirit Jesus who was known as the word according to John chapter 1 verse 1 and onward was spirit and the Holy Spirit obviously by title is spirit 
And so the fact is that God has revealed a part of himself to us through Jesus. This is why in John chapter 1 verse 14, the Bible says the word who, if you read the context, uh, is Jesus became flesh and dwelt among us. So God is spirit, but God revealed, as we learned last week, the greatest revelation of God to mankind is Jesus. But God is in the spirit realm. This is God. This is where God operates. This is so powerful. I hope that you're seeing this. God's revelation is a peek into the unseen realm. Everybody in the comments say the unseen, the unseen. He's giving us a peek into that which we cannot see with the natural eye. I want to remind you that you and I are multidimensional beings. We are multidimensional beings. Somebody else in the comments put, I am multidimensional. I am multidimensional. There, there is more than one part to you. In fact, if you don't believe me, let's look. I told you we're going through scriptures today. So I want you to grab this. I just want to set this as the, as the foundation before we, uh, before we dive in. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. Look at what the Bible says. The apostle Paul declares and says, uh, and Now may God of the God of peace himself sanctify you or set you apart and make you holy completely watch this and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our lord jesus christ the bible makes it clear that we are more than just body there's more to us that meets the eye than meets the eye this is why he's praying that that our whole spirit and soul and body would be kept blameless you are and i want you to say this to me i said it before and i want you to say it again i am a spirit i have a soul and i live in a body see this is this is the thing you are a spirit the essence of who you are is a spirit, the immaterial part of you, who you are. And you have a soul, which is the seat of your will and your emotions. And then you are living in this house called the body, which at some point will dissolve. But your spirit and your soul are going to go on living either in heaven or in hell eternally. And this is nuts. I don't have the time to dive into it. I'm getting ready to do something on this in the coming weeks. So I want to make sure that you stay tuned. It's going to be an exclusive little class that we're going to teach around some of these things. But I just want to share that we are more than just body. You are a spirit. You have a soul. And you live in a body. But I want to show you also, uh, if you don't believe me, here's another place where Jesus declares because some people think that we are just one dimensional and that when you die that it's over but I also want you to look at Matthew chapter 10 what book did I say Matthew chapter 10 and we're going to look at Matthew 10 verse 28 the Bible says Jesus makes it clear and says in, in regards to having no fear he says don't fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul see that Rather fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. And so here Jesus is primarily talking against fear. But here he also teaches us something about ourselves, which is in line with what Paul has, was saying in, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. He says, don't fear those who can just destroy the body, which are the people who see you and are in this uh, physical realm with you he says rather fear or honor him speaking of God who can destroy both the body 
and the soul in hell. So there, there's a distinction between the body and the soul that we have. So, so we are multi-dimensional individuals. We are just housed in this body. And we are having this earth experience because we have been created for earth. Are you with me? Isn't this, this is some good stuff. I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, so God is spirit. Uh, we have been created in the image and the likeness of God. We are image bearers of God. And we, we are the, the only part of God, just as a recap that we see, is the word who became flesh, a.k.a. Jesus or Emmanuel. And not only this, but we also are multidimensional individuals. And so watch this. When we are saved by grace through faith, the Holy Spirit comes into us and works on and through us spiritually. So note this, when you get saved, which means that you have put trust and faith in the finished work of Christ. He came, he lived perfectly for you and for me, he died, and he wrote, taking our punishment for our sins, and he rose from death with all power. And when the Bible makes it clear, when we put trust in what he has done, that finished work, that we are saved. But not only this, we are also born again everybody say born again come on in the comments i want you to say born again what does that mean we are made new now and i believe i've said this a few weeks ago uh, or alluded to it or, or briefly touched on it but the part of us that gets born again is not our flesh that's why we have the same body right so what part of us is it that is born again it is our spirit because you are a spirit one more time say i am a spirit and so what happens is you are spiritually reborn. Your spirit is reborn, is made new. Come on, this is some powerful stuff. This is why the Bible talks about in Titus 3, 5. He saved us not of works that are our own doing, come on, but by the washing and the regeneration and the renewal of the Holy Spirit. Come on, somebody. So this teaches us that the Holy Spirit is responsible for washing and making us new. And so we are new spiritual creations. And it's not until, as I taught a few weeks ago, when Jesus returns that our outside will match what is taking place on the inside. This is powerful. And then from that point on, after we're born again, the Holy Spirit begins to work on us. Write this down when you get a chance. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. Write that down. Check it out. It says, but we all with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. And so this is a transformative work that takes place throughout the course of our life, where the Holy Spirit works on the unseen part of us and then watch this, this is beautiful because now that the holy spirit comes to live in us when we get saved and we're born again and this is beautiful according to ephesians chapter 1 verse 13 and 14 but then the holy spirit also begins to work through us i love it i love it i love it so so this is why people like peter peter who just got filled with the holy spirit at pentecost that he is sitting there in prayer and has a vision come on and the spirit of god begins to talk to him giving him a peek into something that is happening when he is not even there 
because God has an assignment and he wants to save Cornelius's house and he also wants to do something bigger which is to save Gentile people because God's desire is to save everyone not just the special people group and so watch this it's powerful God uses him through a vision through an angel come on through a uh, uh, while he's sitting there using things that are uncomfortable for him remember I'm talking about uh, the french fries in my dream I don't even really eat french fries but it was a sign that God was using to show me that what he was saying was true now I know in retrospect uh, but the fact is God gives Peter a vision about something that he is unable to touch because Jewish people they did not touch things that were considered unclean by their law in the book of Leviticus in the book of Deuteronomy I don't have time to go and unpack those things now but God was teaching him that salvation was from more than just the Jews by putting this vision before him so this supernatural means was used to reach this people group and this type of people that was outside of their comfort zone but the Holy Spirit is working on Peter my God and using him using him but this is what I believe that God is raising up a people a remnant in these last days come on that are needed and are necessary who who am I talking to you are necessary what God has placed in you is necessary come on the word the skill the creativity that which he has put in you is necessary in this day and age and I believe that he is uncovering hidden things and he's going to use you and he's going to use me to be able to be a blessing I don't know if it was my intercession that was used to come and to interact to come against what was happening to my friend's dad but I'm glad that I woke up I'm glad that I got up and didn't just shake it off and walk away I'm glad that I went into intercession because I believe that God uses you and I just like he did Peter to go and reach Cornelius' house. Can I preach it? He uses us and he gives us details and he gives us dreams. And oftentimes he's uncovering these hidden things that sometimes people themselves do not even know that's happening in their lives so that we can intercede. No, God does not need to use us. But for some reason, God in his sovereignty has decided to choose to use us as earthly agents in the earth and he through the Holy Spirit empowers us and uses supernatural means to uncover hidden things so that we can be effective are you still with me say I'm with you if you're with me I can hear you on the other side of that camera listen so so watch this this is the reason why I'm sharing this because this is some important stuff there are a number of reasons why it is that God gives revelation there are a number of reasons why he uncovers things and especially when he uses supernatural means. And I told you this uncovering is not for the glorification of man. As 1 Corinthians 10.31, the apostle Paul declares that we are to do all things no matter what it is that we're doing. We're to do it to the glory of God. Everybody say the glory of God. But the purposes, some of the reasons for which God gives revelation, especially through supernatural means, are for the sake of warning. Somebody say warning not only this for the sake of exhortation somebody say exhortation to exhort means to encourage or to build up and so sometimes God will give revelation to warn people not only this to build people up sometimes he also will give revelation for the sake of confirmation 
Sometimes you, you'll, he'll, he'll supernaturally cause something to come to pass or to be declared in your life that confirms what you have already been hearing. Like Peter is in the house and he is praying and he is getting this vision about what's taking place, about what's transpiring. And the Holy Spirit tells him that there are men that are looking for him while the men are coming. And then what? They show up. And this confirms what it is that Peter was seeing in the spirit. Oh my, I believe that God is getting ready to unlock some deep things in your life. And we're getting ready to move to the next level. Do you believe it? If you believe it, say, I believe it. I believe it. Look, 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 look. This is some good stuff. Also for rebuke. Sometimes you have done some foolishness and I have done some foolishness. And God will send a word or God will uncover and reveal something to reveal to us that we have done something stupid. It's for correction to get us on the right direction come on somebody i want you to invite somebody to watch this with you make sure that you're sharing this link hosting a watch party because i believe this is going to be life-changing for somebody not only for rebuke but for edification somebody say edification in other words for our education for our teaching for us to learn for us to grow and sometimes it's for intercession like I've been talking about, his desire is for us to intercede. We see throughout scripture that God uses intercession. Come on, that God uses the prayers of the righteous. This is why the Bible says that the prayers of the righteous avail much. In other words, they work when they are set forth. God uses us. Luke 18, 1. Men ought to always pray and not faint. And then Jesus goes on and outlines a story to them about what happens when we pray consistently. How about 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 17 as the Bible says pray without ceasing there is power in your prayer in fact in the comments say there's power in my prayer life there's power in my there is power in your prayer life come on and so sometimes God will reveal stuff for us like I shared a little bit earlier for the sake of of intercession there may be things that are blocked there's stuff that can be open if you and I would get on our knees instead of getting on our phone to gossip if we would get on our knees and pray there is power this is why we see historically stuff that would happen like in the Bible where it talks about if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from my wicked from their wicked ways that I would hear from heaven and heal their land sometimes the healing of the land is attached to our intercession. Oh my, I don't know who I'm talking to. But God does not reveal stuff for us, to us for us to look cute. But God reveals things to us so oftentimes that we can get in a position of intercession. And so the fact of the matter is, and I've just established this, the world craves revelation. And it seeks it. Think about it. There's psychics everywhere. I run by a psychic a shop every day when I'm going out for my runs. And I see all these people. And there are people. There's, there's signs and tarot card readers and all sorts of things all over the city. Because, and they're not going out of business because people are craving the supernatural. I got people on my block who have all forms of idols and when I see certain lights because I've visited various places in the world and I see certain lights and I know exactly what those lights shining outside warding off evil spirits and causing a good luck as they believe because they believe that these lights and these things that they do come on are 
giving them a, a, a foothold or giving them an entrance or giving them some sort of effect in the spiritual or on the unseen realm. Are you with me? There are some of you who even practice some form of superstition, things that you have, images. You may even go to the psychic or you may visit certain uh, places or have certain idols or emblems and things of this nature in your home or in your car because you feel maybe based upon tradition or based upon certain things that this gives you an upper hand or gives you some sort of a sense of control this is something that is historic even from the bible days this is why in acts chapter 8 verse 9 through 11 we find a character like the guy by the name of simon the sorcerer and the bible actually makes it clear that the people declared and said that this guy is the power of god this guy is the great power of God because he had bewitched them by his magic and his sorcery. And so while the apostles are there and they are declaring the gospel, Simon believes and ends up getting baptized. But this guy is a sorcerer that is getting people's money and there's everyone walking around talking about he is the great power of God. Because people were craving an entrance into the supernatural this is not something that's new but it's something that existed even before you and i got here come on historically even in acts chapter 16 the bible makes it clear verse 16 to 23 look at what the bible says as they were going to the place of prayer we were met by a slave girl who had a spirit of divination and the Bible says, and brought her owners much gain by fortune telling. So she was a fortune teller. And this spirit of divination is not a spirit from God. It is a lie telling spirit or a spirit that tells half truths. It's able to, it has access. It's in the supernatural because it is a spirit, but it is not God. It doesn't have the wisdom of God. And so it cannot give full revelation. And the fact is that because of these peaks, these peaks that is able to give people, it used this girl that, that, that was possessed by it and her owners a slave girl her owners used her to be able to make a fortune and the bible says in verse 17 she followed paul crying out these men are servants of the most high god who proclaim to you the way of salvation and this she kept doing for many days and paul having become greatly annoyed turned and said to the spirit I command you, watch this, in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her and it came out that very hour. And this is why they got locked up, verse 19. But when her owners saw that their hope of gain was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the rulers. And when they had brought them to the magistrates, they said, these men are Jews and they are disturbing our city. So the people didn't care about the fact that the young girl, that the girl was possessed by an evil spirit and that that was the means by which they were making finances. They just cared about the fact that they were losing money. But she was possessed and making them money. My God, there is a market for people who are interested in knowing, people who want to know beyond what they see. Because deep down inside of us, many of us know that there is something that exists beyond. No matter how people try to explain it away, no matter how people try to philosophize it and make it into something that is explainable, there are things that are unexplainable and the world is craving. And this is why so many people go to such great lengths to try and get an end 
entrance even in ungodly ways. It's powerful because even with, con with uh, conversion taking place, this is why we see in Acts chapter 19 because the Bible condemns these practices, witchcraft and psychics and fortune tellers and sorcery and all of this sorts of stuff throughout scripture. And we're going to get into that in a little bit when we start unpacking these things a little bit more. But Acts chapter 19 verse 19, the Bible says, uh, talking about in Ephesus, look at what takes place in verse 19. And a number of those who had practiced magic arts brought their books together and burned them. Everybody say burned them in the sight of all. And they counted the value of them and found that it came to 50,000 pieces of silver. So that the word, so the word of the Lord continued to increase and prevail mightily. My God. And so here, look at the expense that was attached to magic arts and attached to these books and things of this nature. And so the fact of the matter is that these individuals, once they are hearing the gospel and once they saw what took place in this story in Acts chapter 9, I don't have the, the time to go through all of it that they get to a place where they bring all of their magic books together and they burn them and look at the cost that is attached to it and I don't believe this is a far cry off obviously the, the I believe that the, the number would be much greater today than it was in that time but there are certain places around the world and I would even say here in the nation of Canada where there is so much being invested into knowing and to getting peaks into the unseen realm many times in an ungodly fashion who is with me on today and so this is something that is the cry out of man's heart and most times because of sin, the first response is not to go and look for God. This is why the Bible makes it clear in Romans chapter 3, especially in verse 11 and 12, says no one understands, no one seeks for God. All, verse 12, have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good. Not even one. This is not the, the natural response of humankind is not to seek for these answers in God. The natural response is for us to go to secondary means and to go to different mediums and psychics and witchcraft and sorcery and all of these things because of sin, because of Satan, mankind desires to be to a place where we usually will go and we will choose the opposite and so here, but you, just like these individuals in, in, in Acts chapter 19, can I tell you about it? Verse 19, after you're hearing what I'm saying to you today, you too can get rid of all those things. Destroy those idols that fly in the face of our God who desires to reveal himself to us, that desires to give us revelation, who has given us the greatest revelation in and through Jesus Christ. You can burn these things which only give us partial understanding and which give us lies and feed us and hook us so that gain and profit can be made and so i want to talk about these supernatural means by which god uncovers hidden things i've talked about reasons why he does so but i want to talk about these things this is powerful are you ready to jump in come on say i'm ready if you're ready in fact in the comments if you're ready say i'm ready i'm ready i'm ready i hope this is blessing you watch this outside of jesus the greatest revelation of god that we have is god's word somebody say god's word 
In fact, in the comments, put God's word. When we're talking about understanding supernatural things, when we're talking about understanding revelation, when we're talking about dreams and visions and all this sorts of stuff, you got to start with the word. Everybody say, start with the word. Come on. In fact, in the comments, it's good enough to put in the comments, start with the word. You and I, we've got to start with the word. God went through great lengths to give us these scriptures. Come on. These 66 books, and you hear me say it all the time because I want you to get it collected over a 1600 year period of time by over 40 authors so it's not just one guy that went into the bushes and said God said something to me but no over 40 authors many of them never physically meeting come on so physicality was not a hindrance even like now within this quarantine season physicality was physicality was not a hindrance and they wrote in harmony with one another come on somebody this is so powerful on three different continents Asia Africa and Europe in three different languages Greek Hebrew and Aramaic and God uses all of these people to compile this document and it's powerful because if you look this is why we start with God's word because God here it is God is never going to give you a revelation that is going to point you aside from Jesus or point you away from his word come on somebody and look at this this is why second Timothy chapter 3 verse 16 look at what the Bible says about God's word all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God or woman of God may be competent and equipped for every good work. And so the Bible, it stands. The Bible in, in, in the Old Testament, they had the law. And then as they progressed, they had the prophets, right? And then after Jesus comes and his experience happens with the disciples, we get the gospel. And not only do we get the gospels after this, but then after Jesus left and went to heaven, after he went to heaven and the Holy Spirit came and is with us, the Bible makes it clear that he moved upon the disciples who wrote not only about their experience, experience but also wrote letters to the church which started after the outpouring of the holy spirit in acts chapter 2 and from it we get revelation about god's will and about what he desires because as the bible says the, the church is founded upon the apostles and the prophets and so we make it it is made clear that these words are this is why they are considered canonical or they are included in the canon of scripture because they were moved and directed by God second Peter 1 verse 20 and 21 and for those who are new to Bible second Peter is in the second half of the Bible uh, and so the Bible actually declares and says knowing this first of all that no prophecy of scripture comes from someone's own interpretation for no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit so those who are regarded as canonical prophets or prophets uh, here in the bible and that we hold to their writings as scripture the bible makes it clear that these individuals were not just writing what they thought but they were carried and led by the holy spirit 
and the and the fruit and the signs and all of the fact that the things that were written that are coming to pass today and have already come to pass in the times of old are indicative of the fact that these are words from God so whatever wherever it is that whatever it is that you receive whatever it is that you see whatever it is that you regard or hold as true or that you receive even whether it's natural or supernatural we are sola scriptura which means that the bible is latin to say the bible is our highest rule of faith and practice so everything that we receive ought to be filtered through scripture somebody say through the word come on we got to start with the word if it contradicts god's word you don't even have to think about it you don't have to pray about it you don't got to be like oh god is this from you or not from you no come on somebody if it's not in the word it's a no-fly zone come on this is why david declares in psalm 119 verse 105 thy word is a lamp unto my feet here it is and a light unto my path so he's making it clear that i'm able to see where i'm going when i use the word so there are many of you, you're sitting up, you're going and you're reading cards and, and tarot cards and you're going to these people. What does this dream mean? What does that dream mean? All this sorts of stuff. And the fact is you have not started with the word. And so starting with the word is imperative. It's important. It is necessary as we are thinking about understanding and filtering what it is. Because God's greatest revelation outside of Christ is that he gives us his word come on so that we can have a guideline that we can have instructions as it said for reproof and correction and for direction which is a lamp onto our feet and a light onto our path and so moving on not only the word of god but then we also want to talk now especially since we mentioned prophecy we want to talk about prophecy and preaching so here it is god reveals through prophecy and preaching through prophecy and through preaching the bible makes it clear in times past that god used prophets and so in the times of old he used prophets to declare as his mouthpiece this is before the the bible that we have before the canon of scripture that we have today god primarily used prophets as his mouthpiece now what was prophesied through them is recorded in the first half of the bible and this is why we hold to it and we regard it as scripture come on even moses was a prophet and moses declared certain things and this is it was through god through moses that god declared and made clear through the law that certain things would take place and so this is why we have the first five books of the bible because god and met with moses and god told moses certain things god called and assigned moses to be the emancipator of the children of israel come on god used so many people in the old the book of daniel is about daniel who is a prophet he is not only a declarer of things that are to come in the end of time but daniel is also a dream interpreter and he was a prophet and we hold to the scriptures that Daniel has given that God gave through Daniel in the Old Testament but all of these were prophets who prophesied but then as I declared to you last week in Joel chapter 2 verse 28 and 29 the Bible makes it clear that there would be coming a time even post Christ come on somebody when the spirit would be poured out on all flesh and that sons and daughters would prophesy and that your old men will dream dreams and your young men shall see visions and even on my male 
and female servants. I'm not going to get into that now because God is not discriminating on who he is going to use to declare his word in these last days. Watch this. Male and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit. So God declares through the prophet Joel that the time would come. Now, I didn't mention this last week, but I want to look at this because in Acts chapter 2 verse 17 and onward, this is Peter declaring after Pentecost that we're seeing this stuff come to pass. The Holy Spirit is poured out as it was prophesied by the prophet Joel. Now note this, this is after Jesus comes uh, and after Jesus dies and goes back to heaven and pours out the Spirit just as he promised. The Bible says that Peter is declaring this in verse 15 because the people thought that what had happened in Acts chapter 2 that the people who experienced that were drunk and Peter standing there makes this declaration to them in verse 15 for these people are not drunk as you suppose since it is only the third hour of the day but this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel and in the last days it shall be God declares I will pour out my spirit on all flesh your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions and all men shall dream dreams this is powerful because look look he's saying that it was fulfilled that it was coming to pass when the Holy Spirit had poured out come on in these last days this would happen so when God giving in God pouring out his spirit he was also ushering this time in where the spirit would pour out and those of us who would be connected with the spirit of God through putting trust and faith in Jesus that we that young and old it's not discriminative based upon gender or based upon age but young and old men and female that we would be used by God supernaturally to uncover and hidden things and to declare the word of the Lord come on somebody there are two aspects of prophecy somebody say two aspects here it is I want to talk about this there's forth telling f-o-r-t-h telling and there's foretelling forth telling and foretelling somebody say forth telling and foretelling you can write it in the comments to help people grab it if you've grabbed it and so it, so there's foretelling in other words if God puts something in you a word to be that is already established in his word to declare preaching is a form of prophecy because you are declaring when you preach God's word you are declaring what God says but not only this but there's also foretelling and this is what we usually think about when we declare and we talk about prophecy. Foretelling. Foretelling is talking about things that would happen like what Joel did in Joel 2, verse 28 and 29. How he prophesied that the Spirit would be poured out on all flesh and sons and daughters would prophesy. And old men would have dreams and all this stuff would happen. And then we're seeing it happen in Pentecost. And Peter declares that it's the fulfillment of what Joel had declared. So God can use you and I to foretell things that are getting ready to happen. This is some powerful stuff. I want you to get this because I believe that there's some of you who are watching who, who God desires to use you to prophesy, to declare his word. Come on, that God desires to give you revelation so that you can bring it, so that you can give insight to those who are around you. I'm telling you, people don't need to be running to psychics. People don't need to be running to fortune tellers and sorcerers and burning all sorts of stuff and reading all sorts of cards and looking at Ouija boards and putting all lights and stuff. They don't need 
need to do that if the prophets would arise come on there wouldn't be running to it if the prophets of God if those of us who the spirit of God has been poured out on if we would raise up and be used for God's glory come on somebody people don't have to receive half truths but they can receive revelation from God come on somebody that can give them true attachment to destiny and to purpose and to walk in to everything that God has called them to if we would be to the place where we would understand and walk in what God has called us to not only this this is powerful because we see that in Acts chapter 21 see prophets were still around and people who prophesied were still around after Jesus although there are no longer canonical prophets we see that this that there are still prophets that were around and there are still some today and many of you are watching now and you need to be awakened and you need to be activated and walk into what God has called you look at here in Acts chapter 21 watch this this is now Philip who was a deacon uh, as appointed earlier on as one of the deacons and he was also an evangelist look at what happens here in Acts chapter 21 verse 8 and onward the the Bible says on the next day we departed and came to Caesarea and we entered the house of Philip the evangelist who was one of the seven and they stayed and stayed with him he had four unmarried daughters who prophesied and so here we see that Philip had some daughters who operated as prophets and verse number 10 says while we were staying for many days a prophet named Agabus a prophet named Agabus came down from Judea and coming to us, he took Paul's belt and bound his own feet and hands and said, Thus saith the Holy Spirit, this is how the Jews at Jerusalem will bind the man who owns this belt and deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. And says, when we heard this, we and the people urged him not to go to Jerusalem. And so here, the prophet Agabus shows up in a house of individuals who have four prophetic daughters and, and declares to Paul about what's going to happen to him if he goes to Jerusalem. So here, the prophet Agabus who is operating in this office after Jesus after Jesus goes back to heaven and after the Holy Spirit has prophesied has fallen on all flesh God uses him to give a warning to Paul now does this hinder Paul from going and doing moving on no it doesn't but nonetheless God uses him as a prophet are you with me also, the Apostle Paul, throughout his writings, he gives a number of uh, instructions around prophecy and especially order in the church. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 29, the Apostle Paul says, Let two or three prophets speak and let the others weigh what is said. If a revelation is made to another sitting there, let the first be silent. For you can all prophesy one by one so that all may learn and all may be encouraged as the spirit of prophets are subject to prophets for God is not the author of confusion. And so he is making it clear that prophecy is allowed. Come on somebody. But he gives some guidelines around prophecy and makes sure that what is being prophesied must be tested and it needs to line up with the word in this time that they had up to that point. And for us today, it's the same 
same thing. I'm telling you, I have seen some of the craziest things in prophecy. I have heard prophets prophesy the craziest things. And when I thought about it, I'm like, man, that does not line up with scripture. But on the flip side, I've also had prophets tell me things that were exactly what I was praying about. And so this is the thing for those of you who are like, man, I want to prophesy. I want to be to the place where God uses me because God's desire is he said he's pour out his spirit on all flesh and that dreams and visions and prophecy would come out of sons and daughters and the bible makes it clear in first corinthians chapter 14 pursue love and earnestly desire spiritual gifts especially that you may prophesy for one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men but unto god that's a whole nother subject for no one understands him but he utters mysteries in the spirit on the other hand the one who prophesies speaks to the people for their upbuilding and ed encouragement and consolation so he makes it clear here the apostle paul says he says that we ought to desire earnestly spiritual gifts and especially that we should prophesy so I encourage you, I, this is me even as I get ready to preach. I get up and as I get prepared to preach, I declare and I pray, God, I pray that you would bless me that I might prophesy. Help me that I can declare your word to people. So for those who are watching, you're like, man, I want to I wanna experience this sorts of stuff in my life. I dare you to pray that you would prophesy. I dare you to pray that God would use you as a mouthpiece. I dare that you would pray that God would use you to uncover hidden things in the lives of those who are surrounding you today. Are you with me? And watch God begin to move in and through your life. But not only this, moving along, God also uses dreams and visions somebody say dreams and visions god gives revelation through dreams and vision as we read in our first passage with peter where he went up on he went up on a roof in prayer and suddenly he enters into a trance and begins to see a vision from the lord which god uses for the purpose of evangelism and and also to give him revelation uh, that is going to help somebody else this is some powerful stuff god still uses dreams and he still uses visions as i told you about the story earlier on in fact last night i had a dream if i can just be honest is it okay for pastors to be honest i messed up and i was and i was rude to my wife and i was upset she did something that irritated me and i got upset and i said some things that i did not mean and it was you know and, and i've done this before in the past and i wish that i had not done so but it was nuts because last night i had a dream where i was outside watching in with someone else who was married to my wife and it was crazy because I was looking on and that person was doing something that was not nice and I was getting upset and I was trying to step in and I was trying to be like no you can't do that you can't say that to her and then I and, I, and it was so crazy because then again this is what God usually would do with me he, something else happened in the dream that was so real and it was so devastating that when I woke up I still felt it to remind me that hold up a second this is a real thing I immediately start to go to prayer and I'm like, God, what is it that you are trying to show me? What is it that you are trying to say through this? And the Lord reminded me and said, hold up a second. I gave you an outside view of what it was that you were doing to your wife. And you, was that unfair? What that person was doing to your wife? And I was saying, and I said, yeah, that was unfair. And God said, you were doing the same thing just in a different way. 
And so the Lord used that dream and I ended up going and I went and I repented to my wife today and was able to tell her, hey, babe, I'm sorry about this. And so God used and, un and uncovered a hidden thing to be able to get me to a place where I was able to go and repent to my wife. God gives us dreams. He gives us visions. He shows us things in open air. Some of you are like, man, I get dreams all the time and I get dreams. And then you get up and you're just scared and you don't do nothing with it. And the fact is that if God is giving you a dream, if he is using the supernatural means of a dream to communicate something to you, you should listen. You should not waste it. You shouldn't just be scared of it, but you should get over that spirit of fear and allow and test that thing to see if indeed it is from God. And if it's from God, what is God trying to say and use it for whatever the purpose is that God has revealed it so since we're talking about dreams visions and interpretations of dreams and visions I want to move on and I just also want to say that God also reveals through signs and symbols so supernatural things God will also reveal through signs and symbols somebody say through signs and symbols if you don't believe me look even just biblically uh, the Bible makes it clear Genesis chapter 9 verse 13 I have set my bow in the cloud and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth I will bring clouds over the earth and the bow is seen in the clouds and I will remember my covenant uh, that is between me and you and every living creature of the flesh so this is the thing God declares to God declares to Noah that this has happened and Moses is the one who ends up writing and receiving this revelation from God but God declares to Noah that this sign this rainbow that he we see in the sky that God was going to put it there to remind the world to remind us to speak to us that he is not going to destroy the world by water ever again so every time you look up and you see a rainbow the rainbow actually is a sign that God is not going to destroy the water the world by water again so God often reveals and speaks through symbols even in dreams and visions sometimes there are things that you may see and it's not the thing itself that is what God is trying to show you God is using it as a symbol to show you something else so I remember I mean there have been times I've had dreams about someone dying and then someone else dies that's in the same age group that has similar skills and talents or whatever the case is and it would be nuts because the Lord was showing me or used this person as a figure to show me about something that was going to happen and so sometimes God will use signs or God will use symbols things and people that are symbols to represent something else and this is why we ought to pray and look in God's word to be able to get understanding of what it is that we're seeing in Genesis chapter 37 we see that Joseph Joseph's powerful powerful stuff but Joseph in verse 6 has a, a dream and when he told it to his brothers they hated him even more he said to them here is the dream that I dreamed behold we were we were binding sheaves in the field and behold my sheaf arose and stood upright and behold your sheaves gathered around it and bowed down to my sheaf his brother said to him are you indeed uh, to reign over us or are you indeed to rule over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and his words. 
So this is a dream about grain. This is a dream about sheep's grain. But God is using this sheep dream about this grain to symbolize and to show Joseph about what is getting ready to happen. And his brothers were jealous of his dreams, but they didn't even realize that the dreams actually were going to be a blessing to them. These dreams were, were indicative of the fact that one day Joseph would be in a place of power. If you go all the way to Genesis chapter 50 and, and you just read all of the scriptures preceding this and, and, and the chapters hereafter. And we'll see that Joseph is positioned through hardship in a place that ultimately he is in a rulership place. And he is able to save the lives of his brothers who hated him because of his dreaming they didn't understand the ramifications but they understood immediately that the symbols in the dream represented that joseph was going to be in a position of leadership and they were going to be in a place where they were making obeisance and they end up trying to kill him and even that is used to get them into position oh, man I, I hope you're blessed being blessed by this and getting this because sometimes god will give you dreams and visions and use symbols or even when he prophesies through people, you will receive a prophetic word. And sometimes it's hard for us to receive this stuff. And the reason why is because oftentimes it's a symbol or a sign. And we have to go deeper and ask God and look in God's word. And he can uncover the meanings for us. And I love the story of Gideon. Gideon is this leader that God calls. And he's not a fearless leader by any means. And Gideon is nervous about what it is that God has called him to do. In the book of Judges chapter 6 verse 33 through 40 and when Gideon when get when God tells Gideon to go out Gideon says God okay if this is what you want me to do I'm gonna ask you for a sign and then he proceeds to ask him for a sign to communicate to make it clear to him that this is indeed what God wants him to do and so God gives him a sign to indicate to him that it, it, indeed God is with him come on somebody and so this indicates to us and lets us know I believe that as the Bible declares in Matthew 7 verse 7 and I started with telling you this in week one that if we ask we shall we receive if we if we seek we will find if we knock the doors will be opened unto us and I think that there are many of us come on somebody there are many of of us who have not gone forth in prayer and God's desire as I told you a little bit earlier is for us to pray and not faint and when stuff comes up there is nothing wrong with asking God for a sign there is nothing wrong with asking God to show you and we go to his word and we filter everything through his word. But the fact of the matter is that God is willing to give us signs because clearly in scripture he communicates time and time again through signs and symbols. One more time everybody say signs and symbols. There are things in your life right now that are signs that are clear indications like signposts. I even see some of you right now who are watching me. You are seeing clear stop signs come on somebody you see the signs there are signs that are indicative you see green lights for some of you and fear has been hindering you and holding you back and God is saying it's time to get up and run and charge the gates of hell come on somebody and go out and make pursuits for some of you God has called you to write come on God has called you to go out and do the work of the Lord to be declarers of his word but you have been in a place where you have been sitting back and because of your fear 
or because of what other people have said but I don't know about you I've come to the place where I've made the decision that I'm going to do that which God has called me to do come on somebody I want to make sure that if Jesus comes back or if I leave this place that at the end of the day that I would have accomplished what he has called me in the earth to do I, I wrote a book many years ago I completed the book and there was a season where God had me writing and writing and writing and writing and I wrote this book it's a it's a it's a it's a book that I have been sitting on and I never forget you know I, you know there's been a pause in time and I'm like God why did you have me to write this book and then it's just been sitting here I finished the book I wrote it in I think I started writing in 2013 finished it in 2015 and now it's 2020 and I still have not released it. This week, this week, as I've been praying about it, as I've been seeking God about it, like, God, this is, I believe that it's needed now. I believe it's time. Is it time? And I've been fasting and praying and seeking God. Suddenly, out of nowhere, someone calls me up and says, I've been in prayer. And while I was in prayer, I have not said boo to them about me writing anything, about me doing anything, about any of this. And they said, God is getting ready to do something notable in your life. And, it, and it's a notable work that is necessary and needed. And I see that it's, uh, that it, that it's something like a book uh, that he wants to release through you. And, you know, don't worry about people, that he's going to put the right people in your life to bring it to pass. And I just wanted to be, I just wanted to be obedient to the Lord and to reveal this to them around the timing being now because he's saying the time is now around the timing being now around the fact that she mentioned a book and around all of this in that moment declaring it to me as I was praying and God these are signs to me as I've been praying and I'm asking God is it time that God has put people in my life I dare you to ask God and watch him uncover hidden secrets watch him send prophets into your life watch him send things in your word when you open your Bible you ever been there some of you you've been in that place where you open your Bible and you suddenly see a sign watch him send one of your children could it be that oftentimes God is using your children could it be that oftentimes God is even using means that you would not expect to give you direction one more time say signs and symbols signs and symbols and so I want to I want to share one more God reveals through angels somebody in the comments but God reveals through angels angels are God's messengers to come and and serve especially God's people it's in scripture watch this in Hebrews chapter 1 in Hebrews chapter 1 the Bible makes it clear in regards to angel after it goes on and says that Jesus is not an angel for so those of you who believe that Jesus is an angel or that Jesus is Michael the archangel no he is not that is an erroneous teaching read the book of Hebrews read half Hebrews chapter 1 verse 1 and onward if it doesn't line up with scripture remember it is not true and so Jesus is not an angel but look at what is declared of angels in verse 14 talking about the unseen realm the bible says are not are they not all ministering spirits sent out to serve for the sake of those who are to inherit salvation god sends out his angels to be able to minister this is why uh, david declares and says things like in psalm 91 verse 11 he will give his angels charge over you to keep you in all of your ways and so angels are ministering spirits they are serving spirits to some of you you don't know like what angels are what are they you know i mean remember how, how many of you remember touched by an angel do you remember that show touched by an angel 
touched by an angel was this show where there was these people, especially as people were getting ready to die, you know, and these angels would show up and they would be in people's lives. But, you know, but, but, and so we oftentimes, we just think of, uh, of touched by an angel and, and we, we don't really understand in regards to the purpose and the assignment of angels, but the purpose and the assignment of angels is to be, min according to scripture, ministering spirits that are sent out to serve the people of God, those who will inherit in salvation. I know even for me as someone who was a young reckless guy that was out there in the world doing crazy stuff that as God was drawing me unto himself there are times when I could note and look back and be like there had to be some unseen force that was holding me together or keeping things from going all the way bad and so it's clear I'll never forget time and time again where God I have stories where I know that God has used angels in my life to keep me come on somebody in all of my ways i wonder if there's anybody that knows that you have angels watching over you isn't this powerful stuff so god uses angels to minister the word angel actually translates as a messenger or a messenger of god and so angels are individuals who are messengers we read in our story today in 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 the story in acts chapter 10 cornelius and peter that in in acts chapter 10 verse 3 it says that uh that that he he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God come in and say to him Cornelius and gives him a message from the Lord and so God uses angels as messengers everybody say messengers and so this is powerful because some of you you may be in a place where you're like well I don't see any angels but watch what the Bible even declares in Hebrews chapter 13 verse 1 and 2 this is powerful stuff watch this Bible says let brotherly love continue he says, do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels. Have entertained what? Angels unaware. And so it makes it clear that he says we should be hospitable to people because you don't realize you could be entertaining an angel unaware. There are people who are around you that are angels, that are in a position where they are having a fleshly appearance. Come on, somebody. But they are actually angels that are assigned to keep you in all of your ways. You don't even realize. There are people in your life right now. There are people in my life right now. There are people that pop up and then we don't see them anymore. Some of you have stories. Can I just talk about the supernatural and there are ways that God will cause angels to manifest and show up in our lives to keep us in all our ways even if you and I don't know it in the moment as he said there are people who have entertained angels unaware in fact the entire book of revelation which is full of dreams and visions and symbols and we're going to unpack that a lot of people are scared of the book of revelations but I'm telling you it's coming it's coming stay tuned I keep giving you these shameless plugs uh, but the book of revelation the bible makes it declare that John who is a revelator who is known as John the revelator the apostle John who wrote the book of the gospel of John and first second and third John he is someone who receives this revelation from Jesus Christ or this revelation of Jesus Christ from an angel or through an angel and so God uses angels as his messengers they are very they are around us and and many times they can be there with us in person with 
this said, the Bible actually declares of Satan in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 14. The Bible says, and no wonder for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. So it's no surprise if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. Their end will correspond to their deeds. And here he's talking about false apostles and people who are false teachers and things of this nature. But he says those who are fueled, uh, that these individuals are fueled by Satan who also masquerades or disguises himself, disguises himself as an angel of light. So you need to understand that just because something shows up in your life, even people posing to be prophetic or posing to be from God, you got to make sure that you are testing it with God's word and that you are using discernment and that you are prayerful because the fact of the matter is that Satan himself masquerades as a messenger of light don't take my word for it you got to look at God's word take God's word for it come on somebody are you still with me I hope you're still here I hope you're still here this is important stuff and I want you to grasp this and I want you to grab it some of you you might have the question in your mind and you might be saying hey man can God communicate through dead people can I go to a medium and can a medium or a psychic call up my loved ones who have gone on and, 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 and get them to come and to communicate with me? In general, God condemns sorcery. God condemns mediums and things of this nature. Write these down and check them out. Leviticus chapter 19 verse 31. Galatians chapter 5 verse 19 through 21. In the book of Galatians, the apostle Paul makes it clear this is a work of the flesh sorcery it is forbidden as we saw in the examples throughout scripture they cast the devil out of people who operate in divination or sorcery so this is not something that god's desire is god does not want us and does not want people even you who may be a psychic or a sorcerer i call on to you to repent come on i call on to you to come to the lord come on and to lay down your magic and to lay down your strange hearts trust in, in the lord jesus and know that he can give you something greater than any means that are coming from you operating in a spirit of the enemy come on he has freedom for you that is beyond anything that you could ever experience in that place and so the fact is when you're asking the question and you're saying does God speak through dead people God himself we see in scripture has allowed a couple of occurrences where people who are not from this earth or who have left this earth have come back and he specifically has given them entrance for certain reasons we read last week in Matthew chapter 17 where Jesus went and he was transfigured or where he allowed the disciples Peter James and John to see who he truly was to see him in a glorified sort of a state they get God gave them a peek and revealed to them who it was that Jesus truly was in that moment it was some powerful stuff and while it was while they were there the Bible says in verse 3 behold there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him now Elijah the Bible makes it clear that Elijah in 2nd Kings chapter 2 was taken away in a fiery chariot to heaven he was a prophet of God in the first half of the Bible in 2nd Kings and he was taken away in a chariot and he did not see death and God allowed him so okay Elijah comes back he was not dead he's been granted to go into heaven for whatever reason and God has allowed that to happen God is sovereign and God can do that but then we see that Moses Moses died in Deuteronomy 34 
Moses died in Deuteronomy 34. Clearly he died because of his disobedience and God would not allow him to go into Canaan, which was the promised land of the uh, Israelites. And so Joshua, who is his successor, ends up coming and taking them into, uh, into Canaan. But Moses dies and he ends up clearly going to be with Jesus, going to be with God. And this is why now here though, in the passage in Matthew chapter 17, that Moses and Elijah appeared to them how on earth did Moses show up who clearly had died first of all for those who don't believe that when you die that you go to heaven or that you go to hell which the Bible is clear about and I don't have the time to get into that I'm also going to teach that in the course coming up soon but the fact of the matter is that Moses had died but yet God allowed him to come back in this moment to declare and to reveal himself to these disciples who clearly saw him there. And the Bible is explicit. It says that it was Moses and Elijah as God felt like it was necessary in this moment to operate in this manner. But again, this is not, this is an exception. This is not the norm. Also, 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 23, when David went and slept with another man's wife after having him killed and all of this sorts of stuff, and he has a baby. And David, the baby, he fasts and he prays after he's repented and he wants, you know, and, and all of this. And he's desirous of this baby living. And the Bible makes it clear that the baby ends up dying. And David declares and says that, you know what? I'm not going to fast anymore in verse 23 because my son who has died cannot come back to me. But he says, one day I will go to be where he is. Are you hearing me? So there we also get this understanding that in general, dead people do not come back back to the earth and they generally are not here running around walking after you and if you are seeing stuff in your house you need to stand up and rebuke those things and say in the name of Jesus get out of my house come on you need to declare and say in Jesus name I take authority over you come on somebody you don't belong here take your stuff and get out because the devil oftentimes will cause these things to come up in our lives to cause fear and if if we don't take authority over them if we don't stand in the name of Jesus come on and declare that they be gone they take up residency and they are in a position where they often will cause us and those who are around us fear that God is not designed for us to live in there's some of you you are still scared of the dark there's some of you, you are still scared. You can't even go to the bathroom. You'd rather pee your bed than get up. I'm talking to some adults. Can I just come down your row? You would rather pee your bed. And you sometimes have to wear diapers. I see you. I see you in the spirit. You wear diapers to bed in the night because you're scared to get up. Because you're scared of what is considered as a boogeyman. Because of something that you saw. I call you out of fear today. You who are on the other side of this camera. I call you out of fear. I call you to be delivered and set free. That is not what... What God has called you to God's desire is for you to have freedom come on beyond fear be free in the name of Jesus there's another exception that took place in the Old Testament and what I love about the Bible is it includes everything you don't see like it doesn't like omit certain things it doesn't hide certain things it talks about everything in first Samuel chapter 28 we see that something unconventional happens the King Saul who was being disobedient to God and his ways were unpleasing to God and he would not get any words through prophets. He wouldn't get words through, uh, through, through the traditional means that God usually spoke. Saul is, is, is vexed and he's like, you know what? I'm going to go and I'm going to go to a medium. And so he goes to a medium here in 1 Samuel chapter 28 and he consults and asks for her 
to uh, to bring up Samuel, the prophet Samuel, to give him direction. And we see in this passage, it's nuts because there is no way escaping the fact that in this moment that God actually allows Samuel to come back from the dead and to meet Saul right there as a rebuke and to further, as a last resort, to further reinforce that he was in a place of rebellion and to kind of deal the final blow to be like, listen fam, you are out of order. Look at the great lengths that you have gone to and this is sealing your fate and this is sealing your doom this medium who may have even been a crook was shocked and is like oh my and actually sees Samuel show up and Samuel actually declares what he does to Saul tells him that God has rejected him so it's in line and not only this but tells him he's going to be with him tomorrow he and his sons are going to be with him tomorrow and that word actually comes to pass it is nuts in this moment but again this is an exception because it is clear throughout scripture that God does not endorse witchcraft nor does he support the practice of sorcery or mediums or anything of this nature. I want to encourage you to open yourself to God and his communication. I want to encourage you most importantly to open your heart to the revelation of Jesus Christ. As I've been saying to you out of this whole series that the greatest revelation of God to man is Jesus Christ over 2,000 years ago Jesus came to this earth and he lived perfect and he died for the sins of the world after three days he rose from death with all power how powerful is this why did he do that because our first parents Adam and Eve screwed up they disobeyed God they disobeyed God and consequently because of their disobedience sin and death have passed on and become pervasive and hereditary and have passed on to the entire world but the good news is that Jesus came he lived and he died and he rose from death for you and for me and so all of us now all the Bible makes it clear that because of Jesus' sacrifice that all we have to do it's a free gift is put trust and faith in him all we got to do John 3 16 says for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life and so we're talking about this unseen realm when it is that you die your body may be buried but your spirit goes to be with Jesus come on somebody that's some good stuff if you would put trust and faith in Jesus today it's not something that you've got to wait for later on but as I say every week it's something that you can experience right now you can be born again you can have the Holy Spirit in you as John 16 13 says to lead you and to guide you into all truth to teach you the things of God to uncover uncover and give open your eyes to the hidden truths of God you can begin to see and have your eyes open to the things that God has for you in this earth that can either bless you or break you and you can also be used to go out and show God's love and to give revelation of Jesus and who he is and the messages that he gives to other people through supernatural means. And so in this moment, if that person is you and you're like, you know what? I have never given Jesus my life. I have never trusted him as my savior. I have never asked him, asked him to be the Lord of my life. I want to invite you to respond to this which I've said to you today by putting your trust and your faith in Jesus begin a relationship with him today you might even be somebody who has gone away from Christ and you've broken fellowship with him you might have gone away from him but he has not gone away from you 
And today, whether it's your first time or it's a recommitment, I want to lead you in a prayer. If you have responded to this and you're like, yes, I give you my life. I want you to be the boss of my life, Jesus. I want to be in relationship with you. If that person is you, I want you to pray this prayer with me. It's not this prayer that saves, it's Jesus that saves. But this prayer is a line in the sand saying, you know what, I'm starting fresh today. I'm starting new. This is a, this is a, this is a commitment that I'm making today to walk with Jesus by his grace going forward. And so in this moment, I want you to pray this prayer with me and we say, God, thank you for sending Jesus. Jesus, thank you for dying for my sins and rising from death with all power. Come into my heart. Make me new by your spirit. Be Lord of my life. And be, be with me now and forevermore. I thank you and I praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. I'm celebrating with you. If you have made that decision, glory to God. Thank you for your response to the good news about Jesus. That's what all of this is about. All that I have prophesied today, all of the word that I have declared today is all with the purpose of getting you and hoping to compel you to put trust and faith in Jesus. Glory to God. And I cannot wait to see you here again next week. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. We just give God.